0: just go to
1: cars.com. It's magical. You are now listening to
0: the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast, post-holiday, pre-New Year's Eve edition. I am Alec Shane, here with you, as always, my good buddy, Rich Hill, breaking down Patriots Bills Part 2. Did not quite go the way we were hoping, but hey, that's why you played the game. A lot to get to today, but first, I would not be my standard polite self if I did not ask. Rich Hill, how are you, and how was your holiday?
1: I'm doing well. I am doing well, Alec. It was a great holiday. Always nice to get a long weekend. I'm a big fan of when the holiday actually lands on the the weekend, because then that means you get other days off. So it's a pretty nice long weekend for us. Um, but I'm doing pretty well. I, I had some good food, got to see some family. What about you? It was good. It was a good time. It was pretty relaxing. I always feel like Christmas kind of just
0: comes and goes, and then all of a sudden it's over, and you're kind of hanging out. I agree with you. It's nice to have a long weekend. The only negative of a holiday like Christmas or New Year's falling on a weekend is you don't get that like three day week on the other end of it once you're all back into the office to slack off, get nothing done. You use these holiday or office buzzwords like I'm going to dig out or it's time to settle in before I get so right into it on Monday. And that kind of stinks. What also stinks, Rich Hill, is the Patriots dropped one to the Bills. They are now not only out of the running for the one C, they're out of the running for the AFC East. They are currently sitting at number six in the wild card spot. And while I know there are a lot of people that are pretty upset over how it went down, I think personally, based on what we saw a better team came into Foxborough and just played better and executed more and made better adjustments and were more aggressive and wanted it more, and the Patriots didn't really have any answers.
1: Oh, totally. I mean, this is the second week in a row where the Patriots' game plan was super simple slash needed to be super simple, and they just couldn't execute on it. Like, for two weeks in a row, it, the whole game plan has just been don't turn the ball over and you'll be okay, <laughs> and uh, that hasn't happened. They've had four turnovers over the past two weeks, uh, including a few other errors that they were fortunately able to recover. Um, but when you, when you lose the turnover battle by two, you have no chance uh, of winning. That's just not going to happen. Uh, and I, I think that's what we've been seeing at this point late in the year are a bunch of errors by this Patriots teams that opposing teams are able to capitalize on. And we're not used to seeing that, and so it's frustrating to see. Um, But that's just kind of the way it is. As you said, the Bills were the better team, and they weren't making those mental errors. They weren't making those drops. They weren't making those pre-snap errors. And at the end of the day, the Patriots' whole defensive game plan was supposed to be don't let Josh Allen loose. Uh, when he's trying to scramble, and they couldn't do anything about it. Allen had a tremendous day, easily his best game against the Patriots. He did a fantastic job of getting free from the pressure, finding players down the field in circus kind of backyard throws, Um, but also he was able to use his legs to kind of extend Bill's drives. And when that's the case, when that's going to happen, the Patriots don't really have a chance.
0: No, they don't. I think their game plan was to contain Allen in the pocket, don't let him take off, prevent the big play, and if you give up the underneath routes, so be it. And that was very evident because the underneath routes were what destroyed the Patriots. I lost track of how many times the Patriots tried to play some kind of contain, let the running back come into the right immediate underneath zone, and he was wide open with no one in for six, six, seven yards, picked up the first, no problem. They did prevent the big play. Uh, I think the longest passing play was like, 28 yards or so with, of course, A. McKenzie. We'll talk about him in a bit. But it just seemed to me that the Patriots just weren't able to just answer anything the Buffalo Bills did. And that's a good example, I think, of just a better team than you. I mean, the Patriots were not the best team in the AFC East. That we we knew that coming in to this season. I mean, everyone knew the Bills were one of the contenders in the entire AFC for a Super Bowl berth. And I think what happened, Rich, is we saw that Monday night game a few weeks back where the Patriots stole one and they ran down their throat, and it was kind of like a, a statement game and such a weird anomaly and an amazing coaching job by Bill Belichick, and there was that brief period where the Patriots were the number one seed in the AFC. And maybe folks, myself included to a a degree, I'll admit it, maybe lost sight of the reality of this season. And then when the Patriots came down back to earth a bit over the past two weeks against the Colts and the Bills, the disappointment may be hitting harder than it probably should, given how well they're doing big picture this season,
1: you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's also a bunch of the little things that went wrong where uh, we've always said from the beginning that when... The Patriots are at 100%, but so are other teams in the conference. They are absolutely not the best team. Like, the Chiefs are by far a better team. The Bills are a more talented team. The Ravens, if they're 100%, they are all better teams, and if both teams show up playing their best, the Patriots are going to lose. That's just the way it is. They just don't have that talent, and players at key positions are too young and inexperienced. You know, you just look at Mac Jones. The difference is that, you know, you look at, Week 13, when the Patriots beat the Bills, the Bills didn't show up at their best. And so the Patriots were able to win. So that's why you play the games, because the Patriots can and, like, usually thrive on being consistently good. And, like, they don't have to be the best, but they're consistently good. And that's what happened during their win streak, you know, thinking back to Week 7 against the Jets all the way through the bye week, is that the Patriots had a plan. And they didn't hurt themselves with stupid penalties, with bad drives, uh, with, you know, allowing big plays to kind of ruin it for them. They did a good job forcing turnovers. And when they got into the bye week, I I think that they're kind of, I mean, not going to blame the bye week by any means, but you look at what they've been doing over the past two weeks. They've not been consistent. They have not been that team where you're like, the Patriots can show up with their A- minus game week in and week out, and usually that's enough to beat teams because they're going to hurt themselves. Uh, but over the past two weeks... You know, that blocked punt against the Colts, you look at how the Patriots were not able to contain Josh Allen uh, at all, um, but also how Josh Allen was able to exploit that, Uh, we'll break that down in a little bit, but how the the Bills were able to take advantage of this Patriots defense, uh, and also how the offense was so ineffective, Um, this just isn't the Patriots playing what they had been doing during their seven-game win streak.
0: Yeah, let's start with the the Bills' offense, the Patriots' defense. I think we all expected Josh Allen to have a better day than he had when it was blowing windy and he couldn't really move the ball with the accuracy he's used to. But what surprised me most, Richard, are two things. Uh, one I touched on a bit already is just there really weren't any adjustments from New England. They seem very intent on not kept preventing a big play, making sure there was no game-changing kind of 30, 40, 50-yard bomb down the field to totally switch field positions. And they seem really content to not really rush too hard in case Josh Allen scrambles and gets out of the pocket, which I don't agree with because I feel a quarterback of his caliber is going to get out of the pocket eventually anyway, so you want to be pressuring him a lot more. Zero sacks on Josh Allen. I think only a handful of pressures, not really what you want to see. So I'd be very curious to know like why they didn't adjust there. And I also love to know your opinion on the obviously big goat of the day on the Patriots defensive side was Miles Bryant, who got his lunch eaten and then vomited on his face and then re-Mackenzie, <laughs> uh, 11 targets, 125 yards, a touchdown. It was very obvious he just could not match up with McKenzie and it was a bad mismatch and there was no adjustment there whatsoever. Do you think that was a personnel thing? They just don't have the bodies that are capable of doing that. Was it stubbornness, which is just, oh, he's just more talented and fast? What things going on from a, a sideline perspective, letting Josh Allen have all these checkdowns all day, and letting McKenzie run as wild as he did?
1: Yeah, I mean, part of it's definitely game plan, and part of it is personnel. Like this is the first game all year where the Patriots have been like, oh my gosh, we missed Jonathan Jones. This this is exactly where Jonathan Jones would have been able to thrive and defend McKenzie. Um, but also, part of it is just game plan. I mean, you look at what the Patriots were able to do on defense, and you say, okay. Going into the game, you knew that the Bills had their big three receivers. We talked about this on our podcast beforehand of Stephon Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, and Dawson Knox because Cole Beasley was out. If you told us coming into this game that that trio of Diggs, Sanders, and Knox would combine for 116 yards on 11 catches, I would say take that and run right? that That is a great day for your secondary if their top trio is able to do that. And that's what the Patriots wanted to do. And that's what Bill Belichick always strives to do is say, okay, we're going to take away your top receivers and force you to win with number four and number five in your offense. The issue is Mackenzie did win. And Bill Belichick will be comfortable with McKenzie putting up that production because, A, Miles Bryant had no chance. I mean, you look at some of the ways that the Bills were scheming him open, they were just, like, immediate crossers where Bryant had to, like, navigate through traffic or he just didn't have any leverage support. So, like, obviously no cornerback was going to be able to do a great job against McKenzie in that circumstance. But if you're the defense, you have to kind of just, you know, not expect McKenzie to catch 11 out of 12 targets. That was just, you know, testament to Allen and McKenzie's connection, but also like kind of an anomaly. You you don't ever expect uh, a player like McKenzie to be that big of a threat uh, just from a, he couldn't miss sort of a thing. So A, they did a great job. But I think B, and this is where the Patriots' defensive strategy fell apart, uh, this is where we're talking about Josh Allen uh, and the stress that he's able to put on the Patriots' defense due to his physical like movement ability and there you mentioned always how the running back was open uh for a check down part of that was because of Josh Allen's mobility. You look at the Patriots linebackers as well as Adrian Phillips and how the Patriots were trying to contain Josh Allen. They're playing a little bit of zone coverage, zone protection with their linebackers and as a result, the running backs could always just kind of sit in between them and that's why Allen was able to find them. Uh, You know, Allen, all he had to do was take a couple steps towards the line of scrimmage. The linebackers would crash, the zone would be wide open, uh, and then the Bills would have a player wide open in the second layer just to be able to convert a first down and that's what happened with Devin Singletary multiple times it happened with a few other players Uh, and and that's where the Patriots needed to play more disciplined football I don't think their strategy was bad by any means but their execution was very poor I think they needed to allow Allen to commit to running so they didn't expose themselves to flipping the ball over the the linebackers for another 10-yard gain and if the Patriots had said okay Josh Allen the second we're not going to crash you until you step across the line of scrimmage, then that would be something that they would have executed a little bit better. But I think the aggression of the Patriots defense, you could see uh, kind of cost them in the fourth quarter, because as they were trying to get to Josh Allen and make sure he didn't cross the line of scrimmage, they were just making themselves vulnerable with receivers wide open right behind them.
0: Yeah, that's, that's hundred percent accurate. And that's the good news about that to a degree is that there aren't that many quarterbacks that present that kind of a threat where you have to account for them so much that you more or less have to abandon one whole area of the field to account for his ability. Uh, the negative is two of those quarterbacks, or three of those quarterbacks, I'd say you're in the AFC. So <laughs> if, if you're going to be making a serious playoff run, which again, I don't think the Patriots ever really were contenders through the Super Bowl this year. I know there was some kind of false hope during that win streak and that Monday night game. But like you said, they're, they're at, at best, the fourth best team in the AFC or maybe the fifth best team in the AFC at at best. Um, You know, so they're going to have to go through all these, these players and these games. It's going to be an interesting, Interesting dynamic, especially if they are on the road in the cold weather. Uh, we talked before podcast went on air, Rich, about this, and we'll, we'll bring it up here now. Shifting over to Patriots offense against the Bills defense, which couldn't do more of, most anything, uh, under 200 yards passing. They ran the ball pretty well, mainly via Damian Harris. He had a pretty big game. Thank goodness for him. Other than that, it was a whole lot of nothing. And the second leading round was Mac Jones, but Mac Jones's accuracy has dropped pretty significantly uh since the bye week i think there's a combination of two factors one is it's just getting colder accuracy can drop in the cold weather especially if you're a quarterback who's used to playing in i don't know say alabama all the time and by december your season's already over for the most part and you're not really used to these cold weather games but two as you pointed out and no one's really talking about this mac jones has an injury on his throwing hand and there's no way that can't be impacting it
1: yeah right i think it's actually on his, his non-throwing hand but i think it's important to note that like that matters. I, I think when you see how he's been like holding the football, how he's been either stepping into or not stepping into throws, which I think is really important in one of his technical deficiencies, is that he often like, kind of pops off of his back foot to make throws, uh, and that kind of makes it float a little bit more and you're able to get away with that in the college level because you're playing against lower levels of, of talent but you can't get away with that in the nfl and it's not getting the drive on the ball that he needs to uh, and, and when you have that hand injury I, I feel like he's also not you know leaning into those passes as much and that leads to weaker throws and and i, I think when uh, you question or like see where mac jones has stopped producing as effectively as he had been in the past. Uh, I, I think you can very clearly point to this hand injury that he suffered. Like By no means was he a world beater prior to this hand injury, um, but he was more consistent, and that's what the Patriots were needing out of him was consistency, and he hasn't been able to provide that. He's playing still at you know league average level over the course of the season, but I believe that that hand injury is, is causing him some impact. I will also say... I will also say that I think this game has really exposed the need for the Patriots to have better talent at wide receiver. Uh, That has often been the case uh, this year, years past, you know, since probably 2018, maybe I would say, that the Patriots just haven't had the depth at wide receiver where you can threaten the opposing defense. You look at the Bills where they missed their number two receiver in Cole Beasley, and then they still have, Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, who is a very reliable veteran, as your number two. And I would say that Sanders would be better than any receiver that the Patriots have on their roster at this point in time uh, because, in my mind, obviously, A, Nelson Aguilar is missing with a head injury. So hopefully he's able to be both healthy and able to return. Uh, And also, Kendrick Bourne was not a part of the game plan despite, you know, lining up a little bit, but he wasn't an active part of the game plan because he did not practice due to being on the COVID list. So Two major caveats, Um, but when you try to make the offense funnel through Jacoby Myers, and this is the big one, I think that this is really showing that Myers is not going to be a number one receiver in the NFL. I think that it's very clear that the Patriots need to bring in another player to allow Myers to slide into the number two or number three spot, uh, just in case you think that Kendrick Bourne should be above Jacoby Myers in the depth chart. Uh, But I I think you look at how Myers is very much not able to carry this offense, uh, and and I think that this shows where the Patriots need to be putting their focus next offseason.
0: Along those lines, Rich Hill, I mean, I think and, and at no point this season had you or I, and most people I've talked to and read about and listened to Patriots coverage saw the Patriots beating teams through their ride receiver passing attack. It was not going to be kind of a West Coast five wide receiver empty set offense. They didn't have the talent or the receivers or the quarterback experience to do that. But we all did see them doing was utilizing a lot more power runs. Grinding them out, smashing off football that really centered on the utilization of the two new shiny brand new tight ends they acquired over free agency. And one thing we really haven't seen over the past couple weeks was, was Hunter Henry. Maybe a couple, he was good against the Colts, but Hunter Henry was more or less non existent in this game. And yet again, for the Was It was week 16, so the 16th week in a row, uh, John Jonu Smith just hasn't been able to really do anything of note. We keep waiting for that breakout game. It's just probably not going to happen, and I'm just starting to wonder. I don't want to call him kind of like a a free agent bust because he does provide value in the blocking game, and he is a threat once in a while. He's good for one big penalty every game that calls back a big play. But if you can't move the ball with the receivers – and your tight ends aren't really a threat out of the play action, the running game really, really suffers, and I'm starting to wonder if we should just kind of pull the plug on the John e. Smith experiment for 2021.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think also you can't rely on a run-heavy offense when you're trailing. That's just, like, the biggest thing, and the Bills were able to get out ahead, and so therefore the Patriots were not able to really be as effective on offense, because the Bills would be like, okay, totally lead a six minute drive with your running back, like, that's okay. Um, but, like, I think what has to happen at this point in the season is the Patriots need to mix it up a little bit. Typical Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniel's offensive strategy is to figure out over the first four or five weeks of the season what you're good at. Over the next eight weeks, really like solidify your strengths there. And then over the final four weeks, lean into it. Uh, they have not been able to solidify their passing identity. I, I was talking about this on, on Twitter, is that I feel like this is... Uh, a big gap in their offense is that if you were to say who are the Patriots as a passing offense I don't think anyone would be able to say anything with real certainty a part of it is what you're talking about John Smith has not been a part of the offense I think that he's not going to be for the rest of the year because you can't really count on him to emerge uh, just because the Patriots aren't going to give him those opportunities because up to this point he hasn't done it and so it would be very out of character for New England to say all right week 17 John it's on you Um, so I, I think what they need to do is figure out what was our identity going to be on offense, right? I mean, in the past, you had, like, the Randy Moss throw it deep, you know, huge explosive offensive plays. Then you go death by paper cuts. Then you have the two tight end offense. Uh, Then you just also have, like, you know, Julian Edelman just, like, being a tough and gritty offense, you know, using the, all those super buzzwords. But honestly, like, that is what they were doing. They would fight for every yard. They, they were not a finesse passing attack. They were a passing attack that would get the ball, get yards after the catch, and really lower their shoulder to try and get those first downs. I don't think they have that identity right now. Like, what if, if you were to say what is, like, the marquee play of this passing offense this year, I don't know what you would say. I would say Kendrick Bourne. I would say Kendrick Bourne is the offensive identity. Uh, And at this point in time, if he's like still recovering from COVID, you can't count on that. Um, But I I think that they need to figure out, are we going to be a death by a thousand paper cuts? Are we going to be a slow, methodical, you know, get just to the sticks and live to fight another day? Like who is and what is this passing attack? Uh, And at this point, I think it's a little bit late in the year to kind of develop that identity.
0: Yeah, for me it was basically it was a stifling, fearsome defense that caused turnovers, that got to the quarterback, that sacked them, that made them force them into bad decisions, forced them to make a punt, and then the Patriots were really good at engineering really, really long drives that ended in points. They didn't usually end in touchdowns, unfortunately. In the red zone, they really struggled all year, but they got it in field goal range, and Nick Folksman as close to automatic as you're going to get for a uh, for a, for a kicker. And that's kind of what they did. They were able to win games, you know be up by 10 points and then force the def- uh, the offense to make some mistakes on the opposing side, and then they'd they blow them out late. That's kind of how they, they did it. the bend, don't, don't break style, the aggressiveness. And we're seeing a kind of lapse in that uh, on the defensive side of the ball these past couple weeks, especially where the defense hasn't really been able to to get off the field uh, late. And now to the credit of the opposing teams, both the Colts and the Bill have decided, I'm not going to dress a punter this week. I'm just <laughs> not going to punt them. We're going for it every single time. And whether that's a testament to respecting the Patriots' defense or having no respect for the offense, you can have that debate. But it became very clear that if a, a team isn't scared of the Patriots at all, they're going to be aggressive. They're just going to refuse to punt. They're going to go for it on fourth and five or less, no matter where they are. Uh, it does put a lot more pressure on the defense. And when the passing game is struggling, and it, it's going to be a long day. Uh, and it's now also proven that there are certain teams like this We've seen it in the past, and the Patriots are definitely in this category in 2021. Uh, there are a number of teams that just can't really play from behind. If they get down two scores, it's just really hard for them to dig themselves out of that hole. Uh, there are certain teams that can. You know, the Kansas City Chiefs are a team they can be down 28 to nothing with four minutes left in the game, and they can, they can come back and win at 42-28. They have that kind of explosive firepower. The Patriots just don't. They really rely on that methodical, high-percentage, high-completion play that's supplemented by a good defense that, that makes stops and when the defense can't make stops and they find themselves down 10 nothing, 14 nothing, whatever the score may be, uh, they have to totally shift their offensive identity and they're just not really able to do that just
1: yet. Oh, totally. Absolutely. And I, I think the biggest thing of what is holding back this offense is that uh, they were only meant to be an average offense, right? I, I think that's like the big thing. With a rookie quarterback, you can't ever expect them to be an amazing offense. But to what you're saying of they're not a team built to come from behind, that's true. That is absolutely true, and so what the Patriots need to do is be able to keep pace with the other team, and so therefore just outlast them. Uh, and when the Patriots offense is making mistakes like they have been, when their special teams unit are making mistakes like they have been, then you can't just survive. And that's the issue. The, the Patriots are banking on playing mistakeless offense and special teams, which is a not super sustainable and b all it takes is one mistake for the game to be over you're you're playing on the edge of a knife here and if the other team doesn't make a mistake to balance that out then you don't have a chance to come back and so what the patriots are really needing to do are just limit those mental errors uh, what Bill Belichick should be focusing on for the final two weeks of the regular season. Unfortunately, they have a good makeup game next week against the hapless Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, is that the Patriots need to focus on A, not making mental errors. Uh, you look at how they struggled against the Colts. I believe that they lost effectively like, tw- like three touchdowns worth of expected points due to mental errors, whether it's like turnovers or pre snap penalties. The Patriots were taking points off the board regularly. They can't do that. They need to play smarter football. And then, B... They need to protect the football. They can't have negative plays like they have been in recent year, uh, recent weeks by handing the ball over consistently to the opposing team because, A, obviously you would love to see the defense get more takeaways, but you can't count on that. And so the best thing that the Patriots can do is protect the football, and they have not been doing that. And so if they can eliminate those pre-snap errors, uh, or, you know, edging into, like, the early snap errors, so thinking of, like, the holding penalties that Jonu Smith always seems to get, If the Patriots are able to limit those and protect the football, now I think that this is a team that can stay on schedule and compete with any team in the AFC. They are just in the position where if they make one mistake on offense or on special teams, then they're likely out of the game.
0: No, it's true. And they are on that Razor's edge. But again, on the plus side, again, I've always been looking at the 2021 season as as one of two or three years where this team rounds into a legit Super Bowl contender and playing this way. This early in Mac Jones' career and as his team continues to gel as a unit could very much have long-term beneficial amounts because then they can step back from that edge having going to have that experience, correcting where they need to correct, adding pieces they need to add, and, and going forward that way. That said, Rich, again, I am not out on this season. The Patriots are – are oddly, they're better on the road than they are at home. <laughs> they have they, won road loss all season. They lose games at home all the time. And if they beat the Jaguars, who are right now currently decimated by COVID – at home a uh, Patriots win coupled with either a Dolphins loss they're playing the Titans so that's a very losable game for the the Dolphins or a Raiders loss they're playing the Colts also a very losable game all that has to happen is a Patriots win and one of those two teams lose and they are guaranteed a playoff spot so if this team gets hot at the right time I mean I, again I don't see them going to the Super Bowl they're not going to beat Kansas City but they could turn some heads in the postseason and I feel like it's a really nice chance this Sunday to get right and correct some of those things get the team that doesn't have a lot of talent
1: Oh, totally. I mean, you look at uh, the 2018 season. Mike Reese of, of ESPN has been talking about this a lot. You go just go back to the 2018 season when the Patriots won the Super Bowl is when the miracle in Miami happened, and then also they just got just lost to the, the Steelers. It happens. And then it's a matter of, can you refocus and get into the postseason? I don't think home field advantage matters as much this year. Uh, we're still in that COVID kind of environment where all the numbers are showing that home field advantage is at its weakest. And so I don't think that matters as much as it matters to be healthy and be ready to go. I mean, I I think uh, one of the players, I want to say Quentin Nelson, but someone on the Colts uh, was just basically saying, or it was DeForest Buckner of the Colts was saying, uh, the Super Bowl champion is going to be decided by whichever team can stay healthiest the most. And I think that is true. I I think that the Patriots, if they can make the playoffs, they have as good of a chance as any uh, to to win the AFC if they can fix those mistakes. And I think they can. Uh, And also, as you said, they're kind of playing with house money. The fact that they're doing so well this late into the year, the fact that they even teased the thought of the number one seed overall. Uh, is exceeding expectations. (laughs) If you told me heading into this year that at any point the Patriots would have been vying for home field advantage in the AFC, I would have said, heck yeah, this must have been an amazing year. Uh, And just the fact that they lost back-to-back games against the Colts, who are one of the hottest teams in the league, and then the Bills, who are, you know, one of the best teams in the league. I think that uh, those are very reasonable losses, and it's not like they lost to the Jaguars. And uh, we'll we'll come back to see if that bites us next week. Um, but it, you know, if the Patriots lose to the Jaguars, then they should probably forfeit the rest of the year, anyways.
0: No, that's true. This this has this could smack of that week. Was it week? 2019 week 17 game against the Dolphins at home where they lost that to cost themselves a bye. That was a the case they didn't deserve it and so we, they didn't get it. But again, this is a good chance to to regroup and get back after it. We'll talk about it more on our Thursday podcast, breaking down the entire week. But there are actually some some good matchups from a Patriots perspective. The Patriots can win and a couple things can happen. They can be right back in it. There's always a chance the Falcons beat the Bills. The Falcons are playing for their playoff life and so one of two things like so it definitely it's definitely possible. Uh, but yeah, it really does all come down to putting this behind us moving on quickly burning the game tape of the passing attacks that was just a disaster getting the guys that are off the COVID list on the COVID list and uh and seeing how it goes thing will be okay though i really do
1: yeah totally so we'll break that down later in the week alec do you have any final thoughts on this week 16 game between the patriots and the bills or are you ready to move on to jacksonville let's move on buddy i'm off for the next one all right well until next time alec you have a good one you too buddy see ya